Good morning, everybody. Let's worship together, shall we? Would you stand and sing with us, please? Lift your name on high, Lord, I love to sing your praises, I'm so glad you're in my life, I'm so glad you came to save us, you came from heaven to earth to show the way, from the earth to the cross. morning. It is so good to see you this morning. Welcome to worship. Today is Ascension Sunday. If you have any prayer requests, please email them to Val Long. Next Sunday at the 11 a.m. service, we will recognize our graduating seniors. Our next Just for the Guys meeting will take place here at 6 p.m. on Thursday, May 27th. We have resumed collecting new, did I say new? Socks and underwear for Haven for Hope. The collection box is in the fellowship hall. The scripture reading today is Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Loving God, we gather today to praise you. We thank you for all of the blessings of this week and for those we are yet to receive. Remind us that we are here to serve and not to be served. We know that the day of our Lord's return is closer now than when we first believed. Guide our actions that they may reflect this knowledge and your love. Let the word we hear today strengthen us to go out and tell others about your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature, and all created things above all wisdom and all the ways of man you were here before the world began 
above all pros, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what Rejected and alone, like a rose Trampled on the ground, you took the fall And thought of me, above all Above all Above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what Rejected and alone like a rose Trampled on the ground You took the fall And thought of me Above all Crucified And laid behind a stone You lived to die on the ground you took the fall and thought of me above all like a rose trampled on the ground you took the fall and thought of me above all. Good morning, everyone. There's people here and there's rain outside. I'm so excited that you all came today. I have a question for everyone out there. Everyone out there. Are you rich? Are you rich? It's not a question we like to be asked, right? My mind automatically, did you just yell, no, my child? <laughs> my mind automatically goes to the state of my bank account. It goes to my savings account. It goes to my <clears throat> retirement fund. And all of those things that we think of when we talk about riches or treasure, right? The monetary things, the physical things that we have. But I would challenge that those aren't our riches, that God has provided so much more for us in our lives. And that is what we are exploring this summer with our riches program. We are replacing Vacation Bible School this year with a community-based program um, to welcome in our community, right? We've been kind of closed a little bit. And we want to celebrate that we're back open again and that we want our doors open and we want people coming in. And this is a way to do it. Um, so it is not just for children. It is not just for families. It is for all members of our faith community, all members of our local community. It is for anyone, anywhere that wants to find out what their riches are. We will be taking three days to explore the riches that Christ has provided for us um, in our families, in our homes, the riches in our community, and the riches that we have in our faith. 
because there are so many things that he has given to us. And if we recognize them, we use them, right? We don't always recognize them. And then they're just sitting there unused. What good is money if it's not being used? It just sits there, right? Its power is in its use. And it's the same with our spiritual riches and our community riches and um, the things that are provided for us in our home. So on June 25th, 26th, and 27th, in the evening, we will be exploring those things. The 25th, we were, we're going to resurrect our fellowship dinner. Do you guys miss those? I miss those. So we're going to bring back the fellowship dinner. We're going to gather together, and we're going to have a meal and fellowship. We're going to discuss the um, introduction to riches and what it means. We'll discuss riches in our faith at night. And while the adults and the grown-ups are doing that, we'll split the kids off, and they'll get outside, and they'll do a treasure hunt of their own outside where they can be loud and run around and be crazy, right, and explore the riches in their family right? And then on the 26th, we're going to gather together in the morning for anybody who wants to serve, because there are riches in serving others. Jesus taught that time and time again, that when we serve others, we are serving God and we are serving ourselves. So we will be serving with the San Antonio Food Bank for anybody who would like to join in. We're going to go out to their Mission San Juan urban farm that they have. Did you know our food bank grows its own food? And there are two urban farms here in San Antonio to support the volume of people that they help in our community. So we'll be going out there and we'll be gardening, we'll be weeding and harvesting and planting and whatever they ask us to do from 9 to 11 a.m. That does require that you pre-register. So there's information on a bulletin board out there for you or you can always email me at children at hhumc.com. We are also trying to organize a time for those who want to serve, but maybe gardening doesn't sound like what they're going to be able to do. And we can um, join together and go to a blood drive that's being held by Saint Vincent St. DePaul um, at Coons Elementary. I will, I'm trying to organize a time for that, so I haven't announced a set time. Just stay tuned. But our, our community is in desperate need of blood. Our blood bank is very, very um, stretched thin at this time. So if that's a way that you feel like you could serve your community, we will also have that available on the 26th. In the evening on the 26th, we will be getting together to do some, some fun stuff, right? Because there is riches in having fun. There's riches in play. Right, And when we are having fun together as a faith community, when we're having fun together as a physical community, we learn more about each other. And we come to a greater understanding of those around us and what they have to offer, right? And what we can do for them. So we're going to come together. We're going to have another meal because I like to feed everybody. So we'll have a meal. We're going to break up into teams. And I am setting up a scavenger hunt challenge course. So we are going to go through and complete challenges together as a team. They might be a little bit goofy. We might be digging through some jello to play Scrabble. I don't know. We might be popping water balloons to find scripture verses. But we will be going through the challenge course and putting together scripture verses to find the, the um, riches we have in our community together. And we'll see who can complete the course the fastest. And then... There's nothing weird, okay? I'm not going to set up a rock wall. We're not going to be tackling each other, I promise. Nothing like that. <laughs> and then on Sunday evening, we will gather back together, and we're going to explore the riches that we have in our faith with an outdoor worship service. We will have a campfire. I will bring you all some mores. We can roast hot dogs. And we're going to get together, and we're going to talk about the things that God provides us with our faith. So we'll be together with friends and good food. And I heard that somebody's going to be performing music for us. So you have to come out and find out who that is because he's pretty awesome. Can you dance? Okay, we're going to have dancing, too. So we'll be talking about the riches in our faith. Uh, I hope you all can join in with that. There's more information on the bulletin board out there. I set it up. We also need volunteers to make it happen. So if you are willing to help volunteer in any capacity, I have a sign-up sheet out there. I need people to help me run the kitchen. I need a kitchen coordinator because um, you know how much I like to organize things. And uh, we need somebody to help set up the challenge course, all sorts of things, set up worship, so if you could take a look at that, if you're willing to serve, and let me know what times and days you're available to do so and what you're willing to help with, I would so appreciate y'all. And I can't wait to see you all at Ridges. So at this time, we'll do our children's sermon. I only see two little ones here, and they both belong to me, so they're going to listen really well. Right? Do you want to come up here? Okay, we'll come up here.
Come sit down. Can you guys do me a favor? Let's get, we're going to set the example. We're recording, so we're going to sit on the floor. Can you sit on the floor and look at me? And we're going to show the other kids how to do that, do that too, right, next week, so that they know that if they sit on the floor and look at me, you know what? The camera's not going to see them. They're still hidden, okay? We're talking today about something called Ascension Sunday. Ascension's a big word, right? Do you guys know what it means? No? I think I explained it yesterday, but we'll try this again. It means to, to rise up, to rise up, to go up higher, right? That's what ascend means. Ascension Sunday is the day we recognize Jesus going up into heaven. Did you guys know he didn't do that on Easter? On Easter Sunday, we recognize him coming back from the dead, and we often say things like, he rose, he rose, Jesus rose. But what we're saying in that is that he rose from the dead. He's no longer dead, he's come back to life. But then Jesus lived with his disciples. He walked and he talked and he ate with them. He did everything with them for another 40 days. And more importantly, he taught during those 40 days. Taught more about what the kingdom of God is like. He opened the disciples' eyes during that time. We're told in scripture that he let them understand the things that he had been saying. That before that, they were seeing it with a human, a human filter on their eyes. And after Jesus rose from the dead, he let them see it in the full effect so that they could go out and tell others. And during this time, Jesus promises to the disciples. He gives them a challenge. He says, you need to go tell the whole world about me. Tell the whole world about me and my father and everything we do. And then he says, I'm going to promise you something. I will be back one day. I will come back one day. I don't know when it's going to be. Only God knows. But one day I will be back. And until then, I'm going to be preparing a place for you in my father's house. He's getting a room ready just for you guys. And I'm going to send someone down. I'm going to send someone down to be with you like I've been with you so that you're not alone here. Do you guys know who he sends down? The Holy Spirit. He promises the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk more about that next week. But those are the things that he, he gives us a challenge, and he makes some promises to us. And while he's talking to his disciples, he blesses them. And as he's speaking, do you know what happened? He starts to rise up, just float up, float up into the sky until a cloud covered him. And he was gone. That makes me think of a balloon floating away. Have you ever lost a balloon? and watch it float, and it gets higher and higher and higher. Well, do you know what the disciples did? They sat there, and they watched Jesus get higher and higher and higher, and they were just staring at him. I think they thought he was going to come right back down. So angels appeared to them, and they said, hey, guys, he'll come back when it's time for him to come back. He'll come back when God says it's time. But right now, you need to go do what he said to do. So the disciples go and worship, and they wait. And we'll pick up the story next week. It's a cool story, right? It's got some cool things in it. I mean, how cool would it be just to be floating up in the sky, flying without an airplane? Kind of like Superman, right? That'd be pretty cool. But in that cool story, there's some really, really, really big gifts for us. And those come in the promises that Jesus gave us. Right? There's the joy and the excitement on how awesome our God is. That not, not only did he send down his son, to live with us, to understand us, to teach us. But then he had that son die for our sins. That son gave his life out of love for us so that we could go up and be in heaven with God. And then after he did that, he beat death. He came back to life. After three days, that's right, he, he beat death and he came back to life. And he taught us some more. He didn't just say, peace, I'm gone, and leave us after that, leaving us all to wonder what was happening. He taught us some more. He wanted to make sure that his disciples understood what was going on. And then when the time was right, when God called him home, he floated up into heaven. How powerful is our God that he was able to do that? I want to tell people about that. That makes me excited and happy. And that promise of the power of our God, if he could do that with Jesus, I know he can take care of me, right? He gives us hope because Jesus told us that he'll be back one day. We have something to look forward to. We know that one day we'll get to meet Jesus, whether it's up in heaven when we make our way up there, or if Jesus comes back to earth during our lifetime, we will get to meet him. We will get to look at his face and we'll get to talk to him. 
That's some amazing hope. We have the comfort and the power that's given to us by the Holy Spirit. Those are incredible things. We're not alone here. Jesus didn't leave us to fend for ourselves. God didn't leave us alone. They sent down the Holy Spirit so we could be with him. We're not alone. And we know that we have a home to go home to, right? We have a place in heaven that God is holding for us, that Jesus has prepared for us. We have a place that is all ours forever because Jesus loved us so much, because our God loves us so much, because he is so powerful. Those are some pretty big gifts to give us, aren't they? Let's bow our heads, fold our hands, close our eyes, and talk to God. Say, Dear Jesus, we celebrate your ascension today with joy and excitement, and we long to see your face again. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, let's go out the music room door to spark worship. All righty, well, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the rain and all the blessings that come with it. Lord, we know there are many in our church family and in the world who need healing. We ask, Lord, that you would touch them and heal them. Lord, we lift up those in war-torn areas of the world, areas where there are strife. We pray for peace. We especially pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, we, we lift up those who need employment, who need encouragement, who just need the basic things of life. Guide us that we would help be the source of what they need. Lord, I lift up the leaders of our country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will. And Lord, I ask this morning that as your word is proclaimed, that you would open our ears and our understanding, that we would go out and show the world that we are followers of your Son, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So it's that time of year. We're having graduations from various levels of education. We're having weddings, all right? There are weddings taking place. As those sorts of things seem to be more popular in the days we are in and are coming to, you know, in summertime. And then it's time for things like, like Jesse was talking about, our riches celebration and summer camps and things like that. When I was in junior high school, because I didn't go to middle school, when I was in junior high school, uh, one summer, I went to a summer camp. We, I, I went several, numerous times, but uh, the summer camp for our conference up in the, in the neck of the woods where I lived, up in the Panhandle, was Cedar Canyon. And it was over there. Real, the, the actual address was Happy, Texas, right? Did y'all know there was a Happy, Texas? Happy is the town without a toothache, right? So uh, that's their that's their little that's their slogan because their their water has a lot of fluoride in it naturally. So uh, so that's their deal. But Cedar Canyon is really down the it's the southern extreme of Paladura Canyon is what it actually is, and that's where we had our summer camp. 
And I remember, I think it was when I was in ninth grade, uh, one night after supper and, and all, it was time we were going to have our chapel up on a hill and build a fire up there, right? A big fire. That's always fun, you know. So uh, as, as we walked up the hill, we sang, I am climbing, or we are climbing Jacob's ladder, right? We are climbing Jacob's ladder. Every rung gets higher, higher. And it was one of those moments in my life that was uh, formative. It was formative for me. And I felt like I was being called higher and higher throughout the whole thing. And, of course, that's, that's what God has in plan for all of us anyway, to go higher and higher and to be better and better and to be more fully human. You know, Jesus showed us that. Jesus was fully human. And that's still when we, uh, when we wrap our heads around that, think about that. Jesus was fully human. So he felt the same way we did about many things. He suffered the same way we did, you know. And he showed us what we were capable of doing if we would but follow the instructions, right? That's what he showed us, how to come up higher. And since today is Ascension Sunday, we'll read about that. It comes from Acts chapter 1. Our scripture reading is Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. A lot of ones, right? So, but... Uh, Consider the word of the Lord. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God whose desire is that we always become more like your Son. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, 
our strength, and our salvation. Well, well first, I'll, of, I'll, of, I'll do as I often do and remind y'all that of the author here says in the first book, the author is Luke, right? His acts could be referred to as second Luke. Luke wrote Luke, and Luke wrote Acts. So that's what it's, when, when, when the author, Luke, is referring to the first book, he's referring to the gospel according to Luke. Now, the first thing I want us to think about this morning is that 40 days that Jesus was here after his resurrection, prior to his ascension. And we just read it. What did Jesus teach about during those 40 days? The kingdom of God. I know how you feel, Chris, uh, and, 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 and some others, right? Uh, it says in, during those 40 days, he spoke about the kingdom of God, right? Which he spoke about all the time. As we've, as we've uh, discussed several times, and as we will continue to discuss, because that's what, that's what Jesus preached about, the kingdom of God. In the, in the Gospels, in the Gospels, there are at, at, in, in the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, we're not even talking about John, there are at least 68 times when when the term the kingdom of God is used. And the vast majority of those times is they were coming out of Jesus' mouth or of somebody that was asking him about the kingdom of God, and then he would answer. Again, we won't spend a lot of time on this this morning, but the kingdom of God is the range of God's effective will. The kingdom of God is where God's will is taking place. Jesus told us some interesting things about the kingdom of God. The most interesting, I believe, this is Matthew 6.33, right? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other junk you need will be given to you, right? That's what it says. That's Jim's translation. Of, of, of Matthew 6.33. No, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you, whatever you need. You see, the material things really aren't that important if we don't have the spiritual part of it right. It, it really is that simple. And I think, you know, most of you I'm talking to this morning, most of us in here are over 14 so, uh, you know, you learn in those years that, you know, you really, you know, you might want a new bicycle, but, you know, that new bicycle's really not going to keep you happy for very long, you know, some things more than others, but it's not the stuff. And the, and the fundamental reason for that is, is because we are spiritual beings, so, uh, it's not the stuff that satisfies us. It's the stuff of the Spirit that satisfies us. Some other things Jesus said about the kingdom of God were, he said, it's like somebody going out sowing seed, right? The seed grows, and the person who planted it doesn't really know how that happened. Or it's like a mustard seed, right? Starts out T90 but it gets big enough for the birds to make nests in it, the plant that grows from it. Or it's like leaven, right? You put it in a little bit into the dough, and the whole dough rises up. So one thing that's clear, to me anyway, about the kingdom of God is, is that it's something that grows. It's something that grows. But it's something we should seek first. Another really interesting thing that Jesus said about the kingdom of God is in Matthew chapter 19, verse 24. Another verse I'm, I imagine everybody's familiar with. 
Jesus said what? He said it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, of course, he's, he's not talking about, <clears throat> you know, a needle like in your sewing kit and Joe Camel, right? You know, Joe, I always think about Joe Camel. You know, Joe Camel was one of the first victims of the anti-free speech movement, if you think about it. Uh, but anyway, the eye of the needle was a place in the city wall where if somebody showed up after dark, after the city gates had been locked, they could still get in. But whereas when the gates were open, the camel could just mosey on through, the camel had to get down on its knees to get through the eye of the needle, the hole in the wall. Not only did it have to get down on its knees, it had to unload all of its burden all the, all the things that it was carrying. So I think about us, and I think about that camel, or camels. And to enter the kingdom of God, for that camel to get through the eye of the needle, it had to unload all that stuff. What are you carrying around that's keeping you from getting in the kingdom of God? What do you need to unload? I think we all probably need to unload something, you know? Is it pride? Is it a resentment? Is it doubt? Is it fear? Maybe it's all of the above. I don't know. But if we're seeking God and the kingdom of God, then we are, by definition, coming up higher. So if you want to come up higher, Seek the kingdom of God. If you want to come up higher, get rid of all the stuff that's encumbering you from entering the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus told, told his disciples there, the folks that were gathered around, he said, you know, but wait here in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you before you do anything, right? And he told them two things were going to happen when the Holy Spirit came upon them, right? The first one was they were going to have power. They were going to have the power to do the things they needed to do. And the second one was, and he didn't say, he didn't say this was maybe. He said, you will receive power. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world, right? To the ends of the earth. So, we have the power through the Holy Spirit. And it reminds us, it reminds us, Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says what? Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever really, I mean, wow. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's an awesome responsibility that God has granted to us. And we should remember that. When we remember, I think, that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, it's easier to demonstrate that power. And then he says, you'll be witnesses. You'll be witnesses to all the world. Now, there are some examples. There are some clear-cut examples in Scripture. Again, later on in Luke's second book here, Acts, uh, in chapter of 8, we read about Philip. And what do you think Philip's doing? He's out there proclaiming the kingdom of God. It says, those, it says those words in reference to Philip. He's teaching about, he's preaching about the kingdom of God. And then, of course, Paul did too. And, uh, and, the, and that exact phrase is used of, of Paul in uh, Acts chapter 14. So they 
got the power and they were as witnesses. So if you want to come up higher, always remember you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Think about that the next time you want an extra portion of cake. All right? Or think about that the next time you think it's better not to exercise, right? You know? Now, I know some of you might not like that, but, but you know, the Scripture also tells me if I see somebody in a sin and I don't say something about it, then I'm responsible too, right? I'm responsible too. So, uh, you know, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's an awesome, awesome thing for all of us to remember. And it's also easier to come up higher if you'll go out and witness to people about your faith. Witness to people about your faith. You know, it's comfortable in here, right? We're kind of like in an incubator. You know, we can sit in here and we can talk about spiritual things and, and uh, most of us feel comfortable doing it. But uh, it's a horse of a different color when, uh, you know, when you're out there doing your daily activities, when you're at Circle K filling up your gas tank, right? If somebody happens to be there or if you're in the line at HEB or wherever you might be, you know. And then, and then we get down there and it says that Jesus rose and everybody was standing around gawking at him, right? They were watching him go up into the clouds. And it says two people in white robes showed up and said, what are y'all looking at, you know? Or in other words, don't just stand there. Do something, right? Do something, you know? You see, the thing is, let's go back to good old Jacob there, right? Jacob sees the angels ascending and descending on that ladder in his dreams. And he gets a message from God. And the message from God is what? Similar to the message that his grandfather had gotten. He's, God says, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless the whole world through your descendants. Right? And Jacob wakes up and looks around. And he says, you know, God's going to bless me. I think I'll climb up in a tree, cut the soles out of my sandals, and learn how to play the flute, right? No. He went on. He went on his way, and he found his wife-to-be, and he worked. He worked for his uncle Laban, and he worked hard for 14 years, and he became prosperous. And he raised a big family, right? He did something, you know. We're all called to do something. We don't just hear about the kingdom of God so that we can sit back and kick our feet up and say, you know, one of these days I'm going to assume room temperature and, uh, you know, the, uh, the diggers are going to come get me and uh, they're going to dig a hole or throw me in a fire and uh, I'm going to float off to heaven, right? That may be true, that may happen, but God expects us to work while we're here to do something. In Luke chapter 9, verse 2, it says, Jesus sent out his 12 apostles. It says he sent them out and do you know what he told them to do? He told them to preach about the kingdom of God and to heal. That's what he told them to do. I think the same charge still applies to us. 
there are people that when they experienced Jesus, immediately went out and said something about it. One of them, we, we read about in John chapter 4, the woman at the well, right? After Jesus talked to her, what did she do? She ran back to the town. The well presumably was on the outskirts of town. or, or, or uh, She ran back to the town and she said, what? Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Wow. Now some of you think that, well, I can do that. But what about this healing bit, you know? Can I heal people? Jesus said you could. Jesus said he, that, you would do, that his followers would do greater things than he did. Right? And I think about, I think about the Good Samaritan. I think about the Good Samaritan. See, now, did the Good Samaritan heal the person that he found beat up on the road? I would say, yeah, he did. I would say, yeah, he did. I would say, I'd say healing is not necessarily setting a bone that's fractured or doing some sort of surgery to somebody. Most of the damage that's done in people and most of the damage that we see around us in the world today is in people's hearts and in their minds and the way they feel about themselves. Now, I don't know. I don't know how the person that was left on the side of the road felt about himself before he was robbed and left for dead. But I imagine being robbed and left for dead tends to make you of slightly depressed, right? Just, just, a, just a thought, you know, maybe not. But uh, it says, it says that the Samaritan came along and it said he poured oil on his wounds, he bandaged him, he put him on his animal, and he took him to a place and he told the innkeeper there, if you, if you have to spend money, he gave the innkeeper some money and he said, if you have to spend more, I'll cover it when I come back. You see, for, for all of us, the Samaritan is such a good example because again, he shows us that love is not just a frothy emotion Love is an action verb. And there's action involved in loving others. And when we do that, when we come up higher by loving others, we're doing God's will. And the kingdom of heaven is manifest. You know, uh, the last thing I'll say about this is what Jesus said. He wasn't speaking specifically about the kingdom of heaven in the terms, like, like in many places where he says, the kingdom of heaven is like. But in John chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus says, except a grain of wheat fall and die, fall into the ground and die, it will remain a single grain. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. Again, that's the way the kingdom of God is. When we die to ourselves, when we unload selfishness off of that camel, then we bear much fruit. So, if you want to come up higher... Tell people about Jesus, like the woman at the well. If you want to come up higher, demonstrate your love for God by doing loving acts for others. Amen.
Now go in peace. And as you go, do the things it takes to come up higher. That's God's will for us. And as you do that, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. strong and true.